welcome, welcome, welcome. Beautiful Tuesday. It's really not that beautiful now because it is nighttime and it gets dark in Illinois at, it seems like 3.30 now. Well, maybe like 5, but it's still very dark and you can't even tell if it's a beautiful day or not. And it's starting to get colder, windy, ugh. But we know what we're doing here in Illinois. If you still live here, then you're prepared for this. Still a cool place to be, especially around sports season. We still cannot forget about the football season. So our guest today with an interview, a great interview, was Princeton football coach Ryan Pearson. Joined us after a 11-2 season, went to the Class 3 IHSA semifinal, lost to Byron 7-3, who then fell in the state championship game 46-42 to Williamsville. And then the only other loss for the Tigers in the whole season was Newman and Sterling, who won a state championship in Class 2A after knocking out Fieldcrest, which I wasn't happy about. I wanted Fieldcrest and I wanted Princeton in the state championship games. For the Tigers to have their only two losses of the season to a state championship in Newman and a runner-up in Byron has to be a great feeling for the Tigers. Fantastic season. Of course you want to be in the last game of the year. Of course you want to take home that state championship. But to get to that level and to do what they do, do what they did, was fantastic. Congratulations to the Tigers for a great season. I can't wait for next year already, even though the season just got over. Of course, they're going to lose some seniors, but they bring back some skilled players who were huge cogs for the Princeton football team this season. So it's going to be awesome to see what they're able to do in their senior year and what the up-and-coming kids are going to be able to deliver next year. Man, I can't. I'm already excited. Already excited. So we thank Coach Ryan Pearson for joining us. Like I said, great interview, and we will get to that. Wanted to talk a couple things. First, first, my name is Brandon LaChance. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat podcast. Always a pleasure to be able to speak to you about whatever's on my mind, whatever's going on in the sports world. Trying to keep you on the edge of your seat. What's going to be said next? What's he going to talk about? You know, all that good stuff. Thank you, Brian Cavelli, for the theme song. I told my boy Cavelli I would give him a plug on every show. I think I forgot the last two shows. Not cool. Bad brosive move on my part. Brian Cavelli, excellent producer, made the track for the intro song. He made it quite a long time before this, but I had already heard it. I loved it. And when I knew I was going to start doing a podcast, I'm like, bro, I don't know what you've done with that or if you're using it for anything. Is there any way I can grab that? And he's like, sure, scoop those. <laughs> so I did. And I appreciate it very much so. And you can hear his intro song and us talking about everything under the sun with interviews and just things that, you know, are important, timely, maybe not timely, just nostalgic type stuff, whatever we want to talk about. You can listen to us on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, all Edge of Your Seat Podcasts. You can also check us out on Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. And for all our archives, every show we've done so far, and this is episode 19. We've only been doing this a month, and already 19 episodes in. I'm trying to do three, four a week because I love this. I mean, I was a sports writer for 14 years. I've been a sports fan for 34. I'm 34 years old. I, I came out of the womb a sports fan. There's no doubt about it. 
as soon as I seen a ball dribbling or a ball flying through the air, I was like, oh, oh, I got to watch that. Oh, I want to play that. So <laughs> it's been fun, and I'm not stopping anytime soon. Hopefully you are with us to enjoy the ride at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And share us. Share us as much as you can. Oh, hold on. Let me get to the archive. <laughs> For all our archives, all our shows, it's podcast.rss.com backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Again, podcast.rss.com backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. If you're listening to us on iTunes, Apple Music, leave a review. Let people know. Let people know if you like the show, if you enjoy what you're hearing. It's keeping you entertained. We'd really appreciate that. On Spotify, give us a follow. Just let people know, like, hey, we think it's cool enough to, to put in our library. Maybe you should, too. We appreciate that as well. Also, if you want to contact us, maybe you want to hear an interview with somebody. Maybe you want to discuss something with us. Or maybe, maybe you don't agree with an opinion on the show or anything like that. Give us a shout out. Hit us up on email. I know it's kind of old school, but I kind of like email. You can get everything addressed, and it's quick and easy. The email is edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. I think that's enough for the, the updates and where to hit us at and all that other stuff. So since we're going to talk to Coach Pearson about football, I saw a headline today. Actually, it popped up on my phone before my phone started acting stupid. It's been like on the same launch screen for like an hour and a half now and it shut itself down about 10 times before that would turn on turn off turn on turn off it better work enough for me to get my phone numbers and everything else out of there there's a lot on that phone that i cannot live without and i think just about i want to say 99.7 percent of america is the same way you lose your phone it's like game over like somebody just shot you in the heart without a gun without a bow and arrow without anything. Take somebody's phone and it's like their life support. It's insane. But I am one of those people. It has been kind of weird for the last few hours not having a phone. My girlfriend has made fun of me about three or four times. Yeah, it's like I lost a kid or a kidney or like I said, my heart. But anyway, before I did all that, I saw Ron Rivera was let go from the Carolina Panthers. And ESPN notifications kind of go 50-50 with me. Some of them are like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. And then there's going to be ones like this one that are, oh, okay, I'm surprised this didn't happen sooner. Rivera took over the Panthers in 2011. In 2011, Cam Newton was the rookie of the year. They went 6-10. and 10. So then in 2012, they go 7-9, and nine, and they have defensive rookie of the year, Luke Keekley. So you have offensive rookie of the year, followed by the defensive rookie of the year, and solid players surrounding them, if I remember right. I mean, you go 6-10, and 7-9, and, and then bam, 2013, they go 12-4. and four. They lead the South in the NFC. Luke Keekly is Defensive Player of the Year. Ron Rivera is Coach of the Year. But they lose in the divisional round 23-10 to the 49ers, okay? Maybe just a bad game. Maybe a bad day. 2014, with the Defensive Player of the Year, reigning. With the Coach of the Year, reigning. And Cam Newton, who at that point is still a great quarterback, he's still pretty solid today. Many teams wish they had him. 2014, they go 7-8, and eight, losing record, but they still led the South with that record. 7-8-1, and one. sorry, they did have a tie in there. They win the wild card against the Cardinals, 27-16, but then get smacked by the Seahawks in the divisional game, 31-17. 2015 was their breakout year. You think, hey, they're in the Super Bowl against the Broncos. It's going to be a great game. 
They go 15-1 on the season, lead the South, led the NFC, lose to the Broncos 24-10 in the Super Bowl, and I watched that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50, and they, were hard, they weren't even in it. Cam Newton looked like he was lost. The defense did not play that well. And ever since then, 2016, 6-10. 2017, they went 11-5, but lost to the Saints in a wild card game, 31-26. 2018, 7-9. He has had plenty of talent. I mean, players winning awards. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. He wins Coach of the Year and doesn't do anything with it. He got to the Super Bowl. Awesome. That was great. It was cool to see him in it. But that was also 2015. Four seasons, three seasons, and this is the fourth that's coming to an end pretty soon here. In the NFL, you don't get that long to try to get back. If you have that caliber of talent that he has on that team, and you can't do anything with it, then it's time for you to go. And I don't even really feel sorry for him. He got a shot. He got a Super Bowl, or two a Super Bowl. But it just was not surprising seeing that from ESPN at all. I was just like, why is this a breaking news situation? The only thing breaking about it was that it was in a season. Not the middle of the season, obviously. But that would be the only reason why. So the 5-7 and seven Panthers dropped their coach, who has been underperforming, or underproducing, with a pretty good squad. Yes, they've had injuries. Cam Newton has not been at his best the last couple years with injuries. But other teams have lost their top quarterbacks and have found ways to win. We saw what Teddy Bridgewater did when Drew Brees was hurt. The Bears, it seems, every time that their starting quarterback gets hurt, a backup comes in and does better than the starter. That's just the way the Chicago Bears work, but every single time, that's what it seems like. And then we're talking about, oh, should that quarterback, should Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky, should he get back in the starting lineup? Hey, should Jay Cutler get back in the starting lineup? Every single time, because that backup quarterback comes out and performs. Maybe not the greatest, but enough to be considered like, hey, maybe he should stay in the lineup. So if other teams can do that, pretty sure the Panthers could too. Especially the last couple years. This isn't the first year that Cam Newton's been hurt. The quarterback that they have now, he's not the best in the league, but he's not the worst either. Kyle Allen, first season, he's a rookie. He has 15 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and he's thrown for 2,457 yards. Not awful. Not making anybody jump out of their seat in celebration. But he's still able to throw the ball. He's able to get the offense down the field, and that's all you really need from a quarterback. So you can't even blame the situation with Cam Newton not being in the lineup, being hurt, when you have somebody that is doing their due diligence. So I don't understand why it's a breaking news notification that Ron Rivera has lost his job. Sorry, Ron. A couple good years with Carolina. Got him to the Super Bowl, but your time is done. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I wasn't surprised at this at all. It's Rivera's time. It's time to move on. Time to move on. I wonder how long Matt Nagy's going to stay with the Bears. Because if this keeps continuing with the offense, I kind of glanced over it yesterday on the podcast. But the offense cannot move the ball at all. And I think it's just as much Matt Nagy's play calling it is Mitchell Trubisky or the wide receivers dropping the ball, which has been grotesque. At least against the, the Lions, they opened up the game moving the ball well. And then all of a sudden, the Lions climbed back in had a lead it was kind of depressing but we pulled it out which is always a good thing the offense looks terrible it's play calling this is the most disappointing season as a bears fan that i can remember in a long time and it's not because we haven't had worse seasons because that would definitely be a lot but it's because of the anticipation going into this one there were people calling for super bowls they were calling 
for Mitch Trubisky to be a top 10 quarterback. I don't even know if he's in the top 25. Seriously. Anyway, I've roasted the Bears quite enough. And I didn't mean to roast Ron Rivera, but when, it, when your time's done, your time's done. Find a new team, try to do something new, different players, different situation, maybe it works out for you. And the last thing I want to talk about before we bring Ryan Pearson's interview to the table. You guys ever watch Superstore? It's like one of my favorite shows right now. We try to watch one or two, okay, probably like five episodes a day. I'd already watched seasons one through three, then I kind of need a, a refresher course. So we started watching from, from the top, episode one, season one, and now we're almost done with season four, getting ready for season five. Thank you, Hulu, for letting us do that. <laughs> that is not an ad. I just wanted to thank Hulu because we were able to watch all these shows. I always uh, rank everything. So my top three, I don't know if I have an order of these characters, but my top three characters in Superstore are Dina. She is absolutely insane. I'm a direct person, but I'm not brutal <laughs> like she is. But it's hilarious. When you're watching it on TV, like I don't know if I'd want to see this in real life and see consequences and how people would act. That's, you know, that's a TV show. But I love it on TV. It is absolutely awesome. And Dina will just tell you straight how it is. It's great. Then I have to go with Amy. She's funny. She tries to, to get away with things, but she doesn't. She always gets stuck somehow. And the way she gets out of it is always interesting to see what she's going to do. It's kind of fun. And thirdly, I had Glenn in there, but all towards the end of season four, he's just getting annoying. Like super annoying. Like he's slowly, kind of quickly, falling into my least three. So I have to go with my homeboy, Garrett. I love Garrett. He is hilarious. I kind of want to sit down and play video games with him sometime. That'd be awesome. I'll go over, I'll go to Cloud9 and we can play some Call of Duty on the couch. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I would do it for sure. The bottom three, I hate Mateo. Mateo, if he was not on the show, it probably wouldn't be as funny because he is kind of a funny character and how he gets picked on and how he picks on people. But I can't stand him. If I seen him in real life, we might have to fight. Seriously. I would cut his hair too. I would shave it off. And then Jeff, who was Mateo's boyfriend for at least a season or two. Super annoying. And he was going through like a midlife crisis and it just, <laughs> I didn't think it was very funny. And he just seemed like a character like, okay, just write him off. Write this character off. Season four, I haven't seen him, which has been a plus. Or at least at the end of the season where we're at now. I don't remember if he was in the beginning. But where we're at now, he's not there. I like it. This one's kind of tough. The last of the ones that I don't really like, that are kind of annoying, that I like the least. I got Mateo, I got Jeff. Runners up would be Sandra. She's just kind of stupid, annoying. Not really that funny. Carol, uh, I could throw Carol under a bus quickly. Marcus, is, uh, he's kind of funny, annoying, but he's super stupid. He's the kind of guy like you want to make fun of him at the same time you want to, you know, help him keep his head up. Especially now that he's living in the basement of Cloud9. That's kind of sad. Elias, I don't need. <laughs> he's just a big, weird, creepy dude that kind of sits in the corner. Oh, he's really weird. Cheyenne is super annoying. Plays the, the ditzy. She's kind of a mean girl. <laughs> she is. She should have been cast for the movie Mean Girl. She plays like she's 19 or. 20 in the show where it's at now. I think it started off she was in high school. Nicole Bloom, who does play Cheyenne, is going to be 30 on December 15th. So in 12 days, she'll be 30. And she tries to play... I mean, she doesn't look 30. She looks more like the 20-year-old character. But yeah, she's 
30, playing the 20-year-old character, and she does it real well. She's a mean girl. That's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go Carol. I'm going to throw in Carol in the third. The other ones that I just mentioned are right outside the top three. The characters I like the least. And I can't forget Bo, <laughs> Cheryl's husband. Cheryl. Cheyenne's husband, who thought he was going to be a rapper, but he was god-awful, of course. It's a TV show. It's supposed to be. He's supposed to be god-awful. They do a really good job. I'm talking about these characters, like, oh, this person's annoying, this person's stupid. I mean, that's their characters. That's what they're supposed to do. And that's how they want you to feel this way. Like them or not like them because of that. And they do a really good job of that. Especially, we all go to Walmart. We all go to Target. We all go to superstores and see, not these exact people, but people that could fit in these roles or fit these personalities. Or So now I was in Target and Walmart on Black Friday. And I was kind of looking at a couple, like predicting how they would be if they were in the show. I know that's kind of funny or kind of silly, but I was doing that. I looked at this one dude who had, I'm not a small guy by any means, but I'm not huge either. I'm not obese or nothing like that. I'm about six foot, 240 pounds. This dude had to have been probably 5'7", 280, 270. And I was just like, man, is that Elias? <laughs> like not trying to hit on Elias or this guy that was at the store. But I just thought it was funny. I'm walking around like predicting who these people would be in Superstore or if the store that I was in made a show who these characters would be or how they would be. It was pretty cool. I, I think I have an imagination or something. It was, it was funny. But if you have not checked out Superstore, check it out. They're in the fifth season. Might be wrapping it up pretty soon. I know it was going live when, I, when we started doing the marathon. Like I said, we're towards the end of season four. There is season five. I haven't seen any you know cancellation notices or anything like that. So hopefully they go on for at least another season or two. But check it out if you haven't. If you have, hit me up. Tell me who your favorite characters are. Who do you put in the top three that you like, the top three that you don't like? Let me know what you think. I'd really appreciate that. It would be fun to talk and discuss Superstore with you. With Ryan Pearson, Princeton coach, it was fun, exciting, knowledgeable, informationable. That's not even a word, but I just made it up. <laughs> we talked football. Lots of football. Princeton football. His career, this team that he had, 11-2, made it to the semifinal. That's an amazing accomplishment. I know everybody's looking for that state championship, and of course you want to do that. But if you fall a tad short to be one of the four teams remaining in a class in Illinois, it's pretty tough to do. I don't think they get their just due for being able to do that in any class. It doesn't matter if it's class 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, or 8A. That is not an easy feat. So congratulations to Princeton and congratulations to Fieldcrest who did that in class 2A. I talked to coach Derek Schneeman about his nights and Monday show. Congratulations to both squads. It was a lot of fun following and, and keeping up with them. It was great. So let's get to coach Pearson. Until next time, Peace. Well, we are very, very fortunate at Edge of Your Seat Podcast to know some pretty cool people. And here is one of them with us today, Princeton football coach Ryan Pearson. How are you, Ryan? Pretty good. Thanks, Brandon, for having me. But no, thank you for joining us. I've been waiting for this one for a while, but I wanted to wait until the season was over and, you know, talk all the Princeton football we could. So thank you. Sure, sure, no problem at all. 
every team always wants to win a state championship, of course. You guys got to the Class 3A semifinal and faced a very, very tough Byron team who's been a juggernaut for the last, I'm going to say, like five years. But you only lost 7-3. Just talk about that game and, you know, how it kind of played out for you guys. Well, I mean, when you're coming into a game that uh, Byron was, was an extremely good football team, and, uh, you, you know, we, we knew that, uh, you know, points were going to be kind of a premium, you know, in that game. I thought uh, both defenses, you know, were, were, were pretty salty, and, and uh, it just, uh, we really thought it was just going to be a good old-fashioned, hard-hitting football game, and, and uh, you know, it certainly didn't disappoint. I mean, I, I think that was uh, probably one of, you know, the most physical football games that, you know, I've been a part of, you know, in, in 18 years as a coach. And it's just, it's, it's too bad that, you know, somebody had to lose that game. You know, unfortunately, we, we fell a little bit short, but, uh, you know, extremely proud of our kids, you know, and where our program is, has come. And, and, and it really, you know, it's kind of a, it's an indication of where our program is headed. Just talk about, you know, the kind of the mindset from the players after the game. I mean, 7-3, you can take two different ways. Obviously, you, you know, it's a loss and you're not advancing to the state championship. But at the same time, a 7-3 game against a, a great team, and you guys are a great team as well, and like you said, the most hard-hitting, really, really good football game that you've seen in a long time, they had to be proud of that at the same time. They were, you know, but our kids were heartbroken, you know, after the game. As well as us, us as coaches, I mean, it was uh, you know you, you work so hard, you know, to get to that point in the season. You know, our kids kind of had you know the rematch with Byron Circle, you know, for for over a year. You know, since we had the opportunity to play them in the second round of playoffs the year before, and, and uh, you know they wanted that that opportunity again, and uh, you know we were blessed to get it and, and had a chance to to come to our place for the semifinal game. And, you know, our, our kids left everything out on the field. I mean, we, we can't say anything about our kids and, and the effort, you know, that they put forth out on the field. I mean, they, they truly, you know, left it all out there. You know, and they were extremely disappointed, you know, rightfully so. Uh, you know, they wanted to be playing for a state championship game. But, you know, at the same time, you know, we lost to, you know, a really good football team. Uh, you know, my hats off to Byron, you know, for how those guys played. And, you know, unfortunately, we just fell a little bit short. But uh, at the same time, just, just extremely proud of our kids and, and and how far they've come, you know, just since our second-round playoff loss last year. And, uh, you know, hopefully that's a, an indication of, you know, better things to come also. Yeah, just talk about that. I mean, this is your third year with the team. I don't think you made the playoffs last year or the your first year. Then you get to the second round, now a semifinal. What is it about, I don't know if it's your coaching or, you know, the talent that you have on the on the squad, maybe it's a little bit of both, but what is it that is, you know, mixing in the pot to make Princeton football pretty successful the last couple of years, and it seems like uh, it's on the right track to keep doing so? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I think that, you know, we are blessed with some phenomenal kids, you know, some, some kids that you know, bought into the pillars of our program. You know, they believe that you know, if they want to be successful, they're going to have to work extremely hard. Uh, you know, they're going to have to be disciplined. They're going to have to, to persevere. And, and, you know, the biggest thing is they're never going to quit. And, and those are kind of the pillars that we hang our hat on. And, you know, I'm very fortunate that we've got a, a great group of kids that, you know, bought into those pillars. And, 
very fortunate that you know we have a, an excellent coaching staff. You know, in my opinion, you know, we probably got one of the best coaching staffs in the state, and uh, you know they do a great job working with our kids, teaching them the fundamentals, and you know they they love Princeton High School, they love our kids, and and they're doing it for the right reasons. You know, it's it's not about them, and, and I think that goes a long way. You know, when you're dealing with high school kids, uh, you know, so. You know, I, I think, you know, the, 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 the good thing about it is, is the fact that, you know, we, we did have, you know, a lot of underclass kids, you know, out on the field. I think we had, uh, you know, six, six to seven underclass kids, you know, out on the field on defense. And, uh, you know, but just, just uh, you know, I mean, a lot of those seniors, you know, have been starting for us. You know, since my first year when they were sophomores, and to see the growth in those kids and kind of the expectation, you know, of our program is really good to see. You know, our kids aren't just satisfied with a conference championship. They're not satisfied with just making it to the playoffs. You know, we've got pretty lofty goals, and, and we want to do some damage once we get there. And, and, and kind of where we're at in our program right now is, you know, we expect to Unfortunately, every year, teams lose seniors, great players, and you're going to lose a couple seniors that were big cogs of your team this year. But looking at, at next year and if everybody comes back healthy and things like that, you're still looking at a very, very dynamic roster. I know going into this year, throughout this year, and after this year, you had to have been thinking about that. Everybody's important, every player, we all know that. But uh, football, I mean, your quarterback and running back, especially in high school, it's quarterback and running back are, are duly important. And you're going to have both of them back in Tyler Gibson and Rondé Wills. That's got to be something special for you. Rondé getting the Class 3A All-State nod. 
So just talk about having those two players back and a great nucleus to start with. Yeah, I mean, the, both of those two kids are they're great character kids. You know, they're, they're not somebody that, you know, we're going to have to worry about, you know, getting into the weight room, uh, doing the right things when they're when they're always in school, you know, doing the right things, you know, when they're out in our community. I mean, they're, they're great ambassadors for our program and I think great examples for a lot of the other kids on our team. You know, both of those two, you know, were captains this year, you know, as juniors. And, you know, that kind of speaks volumes that, you know, your your team voted you in as a captain as a junior. You know, as a matter of fact, we actually had three junior captains uh, with Grant Foes also. And so, you know, Rondé's going to be coming in as a, as a four-year starter next year. Grant Foes is going to be coming in as a four-year starter. Uh, you know, Tyler's going into his second year, and, and we've got a, you know, a, quite a few other kids that were juniors and, and sophomores this year, you know, that, that have had that kind of that taste in their mouth, you know, what it's like to get to that big game and get to that stage, and, you know, they're not satisfied. You know, they, they want to take it even a step further next year, and, and I definitely think that, you know, we've got the, the ability to do that, you know, barring everybody stays healthy and, and uh, you know, a lot of the, some of the younger kids step up and, and increase their role. But you know, I think that we've got a bunch of hungry kids that you know are certainly looking forward to that opportunity. Grant Foles is—he's an offensive and defensive lineman for you, correct? Correct. He's a big kid. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, he's about six three. You know, he's two hundred and forty-five pounds. You know, I mean, he's—he's he's, you know, really hard. You know, in this offseason. You know, he's, he's kind of already set a goal for himself. He wants to come in at about 255 next year, and, and uh, certainly he's going to be a, a call for us, you know, on our offensive and defensive lines. Uh, just get back to uh, Tyler Gibson real quick. I had seen that he had set the new record for uh, passing yards in a season. What is it? What's the record now at Princeton? Uh, he was just short of 2,000 yards passing this year. So definitely, you know, quite an accomplishment, you know, for him. That record was set, you know, way back in, in 2007 or 2008, you know, and it, it stood for, for quite a few years. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, certainly really kind of been a student of the game. I mean, you know, he and I met quite a few times, you know, in the off season and, and just kind of had some, some chalkboard talks, you know, this is, this is the plays we'll run, you know, this is, who I'm looking to read, you know, defensively, you know, and, and, and he's just a, a very good student of the game. And, you know, when you have a quarterback that's willing to come in and, and you know, put that extra time in, you know, to, to kind of hone what you're doing, you know, that's that's just an extension of me, you know, out on the field. And, you know, to have a kid like him, you know, I, I'm just, honestly, I'm, I'm very, very blessed. Is Rondé close to any records? I mean, he's been a hoss for you guys for a couple years now. Rondé is our um, all-time leading rusher uh, in Princeton High School history right now. So he's he's got about 3,500 yards rushing, you know, through three years. And, you know, we're hoping that, you know, he's going to you know, continue to, to set the bar high. And, you know, he's, he's a very humble kid, you know, and, and he was just as disappointed as and all the other kids, you know, he's going to work extremely hard this offseason to, to hopefully, you know, get our program to, to that 
to that stage that, that everybody wants to be when you start your year, and, and that's now Chase playing the state championship game. And you know, that's honestly what our goal is next year. And, and, uh, you know, I think our kids are going to work extremely hard to, to try to get to that point. Awesome. I just want to say congrats to you because, I mean, obviously these high school kids, they have the talent, they have the passion to play the game. But I still feel without coaches putting them in the right situations, the right formations, the right, you know, game plans against certain teams and things like that, the players are not able to do what they're able to do. So for you to come into the program, just finish your third season, and you already have the program's best passer and best rushing rusher in terms of yards for a season and for a career for Rondé, I mean, that's got to make you feel good about what you're doing with Princeton High School. Well, I mean, I certainly, you know, appreciate that, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not about me. It's, you know, I, I, I think, you know, there's, there's some, some guys out there that, that coach for the wrong reasons and there's some guys out there that coach for the right reasons. You know, I, I think that, you know, using football, you know, as a tool to, to help build men is, I think, more important, you know, than, than the wins and losses and, and, and the records that you're breaking and, and things like that because I want those kids to, to leave Princeton High School and, and, and be productive members of society and, and uh, you know, good fathers and husbands and, and things like that. And so, um, you know, I, I really certainly appreciate the, the the praise but you know i'm like i said i'm, I'm always going to put it back on the kids i'm just blessed to, to be a part of you know high school that um, you know really puts athletics you know at a premium you know like princeton high school does um, our community is is extremely supportive you know what we do and you know they understand that you know we're going to hold their kids accountable uh but the same token you know, that's, that's nothing less than, than what is expected at home. And, you know, to be in a place like that, you know, honestly, I, I count my blessings each and every day for, for being able to come to work here because it's, I shouldn't even call it work um, <laughs> because I love what I do and I love being a part of it. And, and you know, I'm just extremely blessed that my family gets to be a part of it as well. Well, now that the football season is over, what do you do now? Are you already getting the younger kids in the weight room and things like that? Are you waiting until after Christmas, or how, what's the game plan now? Well, I mean, with a, with a season as long as, as what we had, I mean, we, we really played, you know, an NFL-type season. You know, you, you get to, to week 13, you, you throw in the, the, the preseason practices that we had. You know, that's that's almost a, a 16-week NFL season. So, I mean, our kids are, are certainly sore and they're tired and, and a little bit banged up. You know, which is to be expected, and so I really feel, you know, they need a break and allow them to have some rest, heal up their bodies, and 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 let them just go be kids. You know, for a while, I think that's kind of a lost art. You know, in our profession, we, we expect so much from our kids, and you know, sometimes they don't even get a chance to be kids anymore. So, you know, we're gonna give them a break and. You know, uh, I'm not 100% sure, you know, when we're going to start hitting it back up again. But I tell you what, you know, without me expecting him to be there, you know, we, we've already had numerous kids show up in our weight room and, and are ready to work just because they, they're they already, you know, looking forward to uh, the next season and, and trying to push forward even further than, than what we did this year. So, uh, you know, as far as being mandatory, we're, we're probably going to, you know, start once we get back from 
uh, Christmas break, you know, full time. But same time, I'm going to have it open, and, and anybody that wants to come in there is more than welcome. And you know, knowing our kids and, and how hard they work, you know, we're, we're going to have a weight room full. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, that's the way you like to see it as a football coach. Oh, no question there. No question there. <laughs> Well, you get, I guess we all get a break tomorrow with it being Thanksgiving. Any special plans for you this year? No, I mean, to be honest, I'm going to go, uh, my dad's still in the hospital, so I'm going to go, you know, spend some time with him, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's tough not having, you know, my dad home for Thanksgiving, and, and uh, so we're going to basically try to, to take Thanksgiving to him, and, you know, I'm going to go spend some time with him in the hospital, and, and we're hoping that... You know, he's going to be able to come home maybe this weekend. Uh, he's been there for, uh, shoots almost 80 days or something like that. So uh, certainly, you know, it's going to be on Friday. I've got to go. Uh, I'm the president of the Illinois High School Football Coaches Association this year, so I've got to go uh, to all the state championship games on Friday and, and hand out the all-state plaques to, to all the kids, levels one through four A. So. That's going to take me away for a little bit, but I'm hoping, you know, once uh, once Saturday and Sunday rolls around, it's it's just going to be, you know, an opportunity to go help get my dad situated at, at uh, my parents' house and and uh, spend some time. I know my son's got a ball game uh, on Saturday, so I'll be going to that and uh, just, just kind of enjoying some time away a little bit and, and just being able to focus on being a dad. And uh, our thoughts from Edge of Your Seat Podcast are definitely with you and your family and your dad. I had seen tweets and stuff as the season had progressed and things like that about uh, his situation and, and you know, how much he'd meant to you in football and things like that. So hopefully, you know, he can get home pretty pretty quickly and, you know, he enjoys having Thanksgiving with you any way you guys can have it. Oh, I tell you what, he's, I appreciate that and, and he is chomping at the bit uh, to get out. He's not one that wants to sit still, you know, for very long, and, you know, it was, was a tough road for him, uh, having to miss, you know, all the, the playoff games, and, and just kind of be a part of, you know, the excitement, and, and uh, it's just, you know, I, I did have a chance growing up, you know, it was football <laughs> in my family, and, and uh, it's just kind of the way it was, and, uh, you know, he loves being a part of it, you know, uh, loves watching, you know, my sons play, and, and uh, he just... He's just a fantastic grandpa, and, and uh, you know, I think, you know, maybe something like this happens. I think it's God's way of selling him, and, you know, maybe it's time to focus on, on being a grandpa and, and take a little time off. <laughs> Definitely. Sometimes we need that. You betcha. You betcha. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's, uh, he's a contractor, and uh, he was working up on a roof, and, uh, and, and must have... You know, uh, lost where he was for a second, or, or accidentally stepped off, but he ended up uh, falling about 20, 25 feet uh, down to concrete. And so he was in ICU for, for quite some time, and you know, fortunately, they, they were able to get get him off the, the ventilators and you know everything else that, that goes into it. He's, he's now able to eat, you know, on his own, and uh, kind of moved him down to physical therapy. So he's been. Uh, broke 32 bones, you know, on his fall and pretty much everything on his left-hand side. So, uh, you know, he's a tough cookie. You know, they don't make him make him a whole lot tougher than him. So, you know, he's, he's going to keep pushing through and, 
He's, he's got to be tough. I mean, if you fall 20, 20 feet and are, are able to, to still be here with us, that's that's great. Fantastic for him to, to keep pushing. I mean, he's got he's got grandpa responsibilities now. <laughs> Well, Coach Pearson, thank you very much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to talk sports with you, and especially Princeton football. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. Certainly love talking about you know our kids and, and our, our community and our parents. So I uh, certainly appreciate you guys having me.